Hi, I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to Friends with Elephants. A show for the cool nerd in you. So I had, I think, one of the worst weekends of my life this past weekend. What? Marshall, my dog, who is a Boston Terrier, ate some raisins that were in some raisin bread or banana bread. I I knew that dogs shouldn't eat grapes or raisins because what happens is when you get a dog, you say, oh, can I feed this to my dog? And then you Google what can dogs eat and what can't dogs eat. And at some point you get a good list. So I knew raisins were not allowed. So as soon as I saw that she ate them, I was like, oh my gosh, she just ate raisins. The ASPCA Big plug to them as a resource to anyone who owns any pets, has a 24-hour poison hotline for animals. Wow. So I've used them before. Marshall, at a Christmas party one year, got into some hors d'oeuvres that had onions in them, and they were like, how much does she weigh? How much did she eat? We're so nervous. We're basically crying. And they're like, okay, she should be fine. Just watch for this, this, and this symptom. If you see them, go to the vet. You do have to pay for the service, but it's towards a nonprofit, and I think it's completely worth it for the peace of mind of an owner and all that kind of stuff. It's very ironic because they want to eat everything, and there are so many things that can kill them. So many things. Yeah. So when she ate raisins, I expected it to be the same thing. So we called the ASPCA again, and I expected them to say, well, it was probably only a few raisins, so you're fine. Nope. They were like, okay, we need you to induce vomiting. So Marshall didn't like that. No. And then we had to, with our bare hands, go through the vomit to look for raisins. That is disgusting. And you're not even aware. No. So you had to race her to the hospital. Yeah. And that's basically what they said. So raisins can cause kidney failure. They're like a lesser form of when a dog gets into antifreeze. What? Yeah. And and they're kind of like chocolate in that some dogs can eat it and they're fine and other dogs can eat it and they die immediately or get kidney failure immediately. We had to uh, admit her to the doggy hospital for 48 hours where she underwent some sort of fluid therapy where they basically ensure that she's f- completely and utterly hydrated to the point where her kidneys are freed up to deal with the toxin that could have come from the raisin and not have to worry to the rest of it. And so it was a really difficult weekend. That sounds awful. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. That that is... You know what's funny? That's insane. So she's fine now. I I feel completely happy about the whole thing because she's fine now. But now, like, raisins are never going to live in your home. No. Yeah, never. And, like... The I'm going to be hyper, hyper vigilant about what it is that is near her. Bad things happen in life to everyone, and I'm just thankful that she's happy and healthy and home right now. Well, I appreciate you starting off the episode on uh, on such a sad note. <laughs> um, I just really wanted dinner, everyone but to learn from I my totally mistakes. get the public service announcement. So um, if you have a dog... Listen to Ivana, and now we're going to get into something a little more fun and a little more different. Woohoo! It's time for a nerd battle. This week, Lifetime, the network that's distributing Unreal, which you may have heard a couple of weeks ago, has revealed their cast 
of their unauthorized 90210 movie. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, this movie doesn't look like it's going to be amazing. But it got me thinking, what if the cast of 90210 was transported into a Hunger Games situation? So the whole 1990s with Jason Priestley and Luke Perry and Jenny Garth, yeah. that whole gang of 90210 characters are now in the Hunger Games. Who would win, Ivana? Well, obviously Brenda. No, that is not obvious because it is Andrea. Andrea. Andrea, yes. First of all, can we just take a moment to note that we both picked women? Of course we both picked women. A woman is winning this Hunger Games. <laughs> Luke Perry would not survive. He no, is like Luke Perry so is the moody. first to die. He's the first to die. Yeah. Absolutely. Brendan is way too Actually, nice. Actually, you know who's first to die? Donna. No, I would say David. No, I think David's a scrappy guy. He's dying somewhere towards no, the end. No, David is too afraid of his own shadow. He's just can dance really well. That's what I'm saying is he will make an alliance and then he'll get killed towards the end. Doesn't matter because Andrea is going to win all of this. She is going to unleash some geek rage that nobody has ever seen before. At some point in the series, everyone has wronged Andrea. I mean, and she is going to reach into that because as you know, Andrea is Jewish. And those Jewish people that I know at least really can hone in on a feeling and make that feeling count. And she is going to revert back to high school, Andrea. Remember the hurt that Brandon caused her and just unleash the fury. I will give to you the fact that she was a geek before it was cool to be a geek. And she's not even like the cool type of geek. I mean, she never talked about comic books or video games or science. She was a nerd. Yeah, you're right. She was a nerd. She was a nerd. And I think, as The Hunger Games has illustrated time and time again, nerds actually do quite well in The Hunger Games. If you remember The Hunger Games, the, the second book, yeah, Catching Fire, yeah, one of the biggest things to move the story and keep people alive was them being able to identify the nets, identify the circuits, and make a massive electrical net uh, using but again, odds and she, ends. she's not that kind of nerd. Like, she's not a science nerd. She's a journalism nerd. And so what is she going to do? Type her way out of the Hunger Games? Brenda, first of all, is an actress. So she would utilize her actress skills in order to dupe people into creating alliances, at which point when it was like convenient for her, she would backstab them. Brenda has a lot of rage. Like throughout the series, she had a lot of rage. In fact, she had so much rage that she kept getting kicked off the show and being brought back onto the show. How much more angry can you possibly be than Brenda? See, but Brenda was still at least the cool kid in high school, so she can't reach that far back to get that super rage on. Andrea is not only super smart, she is super unassuming. So people are gonna look at Andrea and be like, oh, no big deal. Then Andrea jumps out of the mud and just stabs them with a stick. Ah! 
Brenda's cold, man. She has no problems leaving everyone she loves behind to go to some far off land and either study or go to university or whatever. Like she's constantly leaving the show, which proves that she doesn't have the personal attachments. Andrea is forever in love with Brandon. Unless somebody else kills him off, she would never be able to kill him. Never. Like imagine it's her and Brandon so, in the end. She would just well, take her own life. Well, it's not going to be life. her and Brandon How in do the you end. know? How do you know? Because Brenda, with her cold heart, will kill her brother. Yeah. Brenda will kill her brother, but only at the end. Brenda's the type of person that would say, you and me, we're twins, we'll figure something out. She'd make an alliance with her brother, and at the very end, they're the only two alive, then she stabs him to death. Nope, no way. She's going to stab Brandon while he's not looking, and then go, haha, I think I won. Andrea jumps out at the end, and in all of her rage that her lover Brandon was killed... Then we get an epic standoff where Andrea, again, like I said earlier, unleashes the fury. See, I disagree. I think that Brenda, in her manipulative ways, would convince Brandon to be the person who kills Andrea because he's in the best position to do so and she would be putty in his hands. You're missing one of the most vital parts of Andrea's arsenal. She has Steve wrapped around her finger. What? Has always had Steve wrapped around her How finger. is that even possible? And what's going to happen is she will alliance with Steve. And who could win in a fight? Steve or Brandon? Explain. Steve is going to tear Brandon apart. Explain so to me what universe Steve is at all involved with Andrea. Listen, Steve looks out for Andrea like Andrea's a little sister. He always has. And whenever Andrea has a problem and tells Steve, Steve immediately fixes that problem. So guess what the problem is this time? Got a whole bunch of our friends to kill Steve. Steve runs out, chops Brandon's head off. Andrea says, thank you, Steve, and then slits his wrists. That is absolutely not how that- happening. She's not that cold-hearted. She would not be capable of doing such a thing. Absolutely. She's so unassuming Besides, that she Brenda is Brenda would start off by creating an alliance with Brandon and Dylan, and then she would sick Brandon and Dylan on Steve. He would be the first one that I would take out in this Hunger Games scenario. Following Steve, I'd want to get rid of David because David is wily, and you, as you said, he knows how to dance. So you <laughs> never know what those dancers have up their sleeves. And and then and while all that's going on, Andrea's already drowned Kelly and Donna. Exactly. So then all Brenda has to do is kill everyone else, including and he she probably is gonna get Brandon to kill Andrea. No, it's not gonna go down that way. It's totally going down that way. Brandon isn't a killer. He would kill Steve. He would definitely kill Dylan. He couldn't kill Steve. Steve would destroy Brandon. Uh, him and Dylan tag teaming could totally oh kill Oh my Steve. gosh, look, you can't even put Luke Perry into this scenario because Luke Perry is ridiculous. But he's part of the cast. He's obviously in the scenario. He died when they went up the elevator chute. He found a way to die. There's no way. He's the bad boy. He can't die at that point. Oh, he's dead. Okay, <laughs> who do you think would win out of the 90210 group? It's Hunger Games, 90210 90s style, or do you think Andrea or Brenda would win? Which one of us won this fight? 
Yvonne, I have a serious question. Are you ready for Angry Birds 2? Angry Birds 2? There's like a bazillion Angry Bird variations. That is true. But Angry Birds 2 is the name of the new Angry Birds that's coming out. Now there has been Angry Birds Seasons, Rio, Friends, Space, Star Wars, Star Wars 2, Go, Epic, Transformers, Angry Birds Fight, Angry Birds Under Pigstruction, Bad Piggies, Angry Birds Stella, Angry Birds Stella Pop. But this will be an official sequel and it actually comes out this week. Is that allowed? I don't think so. I don't think anybody's going to be thinking, oh, it's a sequel to Angry Birds 2. I think they're going to be going, what? Didn't this come out years ago? Yeah, I mean, Angry Birds had its moment. It's been years, and as you said, all those spin-off games, I didn't even hear of the pig one. <laughs> I know, me neither, actually. <laughs> so my question to you is, um, Angry Birds 2, are you going to give it a try? Well, okay. I enjoyed Angry Birds quite a bit, especially the Star Wars ones and the Rio one. Yeah, I liked Seasons and Stella and the original. Oh, yeah, Seasons. That was a really good one, too. So, I, I mean, I enjoyed them, but then I got through the levels and I was ready you to were move done. on. Yeah. yeah. And now it's been a few years. I've gotten into some other mobile games. I'm super obsessed with Jewel Mania, <laughs> which Blake recently completed. He got to the end of it. Oh, you have to try also Mountain Goat Mountain. Oh, what's that? It's a brand new game. It is super addictive. It's kind of like Cubert and it's uh it's like a cross between Cubert and Crossy Roads. Wow. It's very interesting. Anyways, 2009 Angry Birds hits. That makes me feel really old that that was six years ago. Billions of downloads later. Yeah. Just kabillions. Yeah. Now we get this Angry Birds suit. I, no matter what, people are, like, it's already a success. People will download. So, well, all Rovio is saying right now is it's a bigger, badder, and birdier game than the original Angry Birds. Gotta assume, yes, the other, like, 14 games as well. That's just marketing. <laughs> and it's marketing that works. <laughs> I'm totally gonna do it. So, Angry Birds 2. It'll be out uh, for you to download on, on Thursday of this week. That's July. She says with an angry voice. I'm angry. And about Angry Birds filled 2. eyes. <laughs> Mary do ditch action heroes. Definitely. Tom Cruise on that airplane. It's you think Mission Impossible that's coming out in a week. And we also have the amazingness that is the new James Bond trailer for Spectre that dropped. So we thought Mary do ditch this week should just encompass all the action heroes. So you ready for this? I'm ready for this. John McClane from Die Hard. Mm. John Rambo from First Blood. I'm not talking about when Rambo went crazy, just the original movie. Or Eggsy from Kingsman that dropped this year. I'm marrying Eggsy. <gasps> okay. He is hella hot. Uh, I really enjoyed his personality in that film. And I just really like the Kingsman and... The umbrella is so cool. Imagine it's raining. We have that umbrella. Then we see some bad guys. We shoot them up. <laughs> and then we go into an alleyway and enjoy our adrenaline. Sure. That's like what marriages are made of. Sure. 
I will do John McClane from Die Hard because he's legendary. And he never has socks on. Mm-hmm. He's always ready to go. I've never actually noticed that. It's like a big plot point in the first movie that he's doing everything in bare feet. And I'm totally ditching Rambo because I he's just an ugly man. Like I feel <laughs> I feel bad. This is a completely face value thing. I'm sure that Sylvester Stallone is a good person and other people find him physically attractive, but Everything about his manly demeanor is the opposite of attractive to me. Okay. Well, I am going to uh, also ditch Rambo, but I'm going to marry John McClane because mm. it's probably not going to last as long as it's going to last because he doesn't do well in marriage, but he also is just such a good quality guy. Uh, and I'm going to do Eggsy from Kingsman. Go for it. Lara Croft from Tomb Raider. Okay. Sarah Connor from Terminator and Catelia from Columbiana. Okay. I've got this. Doing Catelia from Columbiana because she's super flexible and just incredible in that film. I am going to marry Lara Croft from Tomb Raider and I'm ditching Sarah Connor because I don't need robots always trying to kill me. I gotta tell you, I copy that. <gasps> copy the whole thing? I know. Oh, wow. I hate when we do the same choices, but I, you're correct. I, I, you know, you gotta do Lara. I know. <laughs> Last week, we asked you guys to check out the movie Ex Machina. I think that's how you say it, but can't be certain. And this week, we're gonna be talking about it. I cannot wait. In fact. This is going to be a completely naked conversation because Jay and I have not uttered... We have clothes on. We have clothes on. It's not a naked conversation. We have clothes on. It's a naked conversation because we haven't talked about it at all prior to right now. I mean, there's other ways to say that. Unprepared. (laughs) um, You know, naked is just... Jay, this is show business. Okay, before we get started with today's movie, I invite though, you to picture us naked in our fort. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, I just want to quickly say, please note, there will be spoilers as we do every week in this section. So if you haven't seen Ex Machina yet, well, go see it. Uh, or just skip this section and go straight to our next segment. Um, but there are always spoilers in our movies and TV section. So, what'd you think? Naked Ivana, what did you think? It was honestly one of the most brilliant movies I have seen in years. I agree. It like quickly jumped into my top five. I I was compelled. I couldn't look away. I couldn't multitask. I tried to play a timed game on Jewel Mania. And I was just so exhilarated that the time just ran out. And I was like, madam, whatever. It's a very simple story. Somebody has developed artificial intelligence in the form of a girl robot and he's brought in a specialist to do a Turing test to determine whether or not he believes that the robot is fully conscious and actually no longer a robot. That's the premise. 
That is the whole premise of the film. And scene by scene, you are drawn in and continuously drawn in by these fantastic actors. I, I think one of my favorite things about this movie was how few characters there were. There's literally four characters. Four characters and one of them doesn't speak. Yeah, and one of them, like, she becomes a bigger character as the film progresses, but in the beginning, she's basically an extra until yep. she's not anymore. And part of the beauty of this movie was the sound, to be honest. It was kind of slow. It was eerie. It was very eerie, and the movie itself progressed rather slowly until all of a sudden it It went... exploded. Yeah. I I was so drawn by it, and I was... I felt the whole film was dangerous while we were watching it. Yeah. I, I, I was like, this is a dangerous film. The biggest search engine in the world in this fictional universe is Blue Book. You think they mean Google? Yeah. Yeah. So can you see Google creating some sort of artificial intelligence and building it to look almost identical to humans? Uh, I will say that I think this is definitely a science fiction movie in that I believe that the first artificial intelligence that humanity brings to the earth will not look human because I think that we don't want it to look human for the very reason why this movie was written. You know what I mean? I actually completely agree with that. I think if we're going to build a robot, we can't go over that line of this is too realistic because then it is, it has an icky factor. Yeah. Yes. I, don't, I don't even know if it has an icky factor, but all of us immediately when we think about AI and we think about the computing power overall of any computer and then we think about ourselves and our own limited computing factors, what we have and what they don't have is that spark or that imagination or that je ne sais quoi. And so what this movie is really about is if we gave that je ne sais quoi, spark, etc., to a machine that has the computing power that we're not capable of doing in our own bodies and brains, clearly that makes them a god to our humanity. And of course, Ava has that spark. She is, she lights up when you're in the room with her. The, Ava is the AI in this film and she is beautiful yeah she's a beautiful young girl has all the robot parts until she doesn't have robot parts i loved how robotic he made her body yes like and then so as the movie progresses you realize that she's just like version what nine Not, it was i think it was 9.6 yeah so there's been many other ais before her and in fact we find out that the other girl the mute ai is also a robot in the film. Exactly. And her purpose is pretty much just to be there as a sex toy. Sex toy slash dancer. Yeah. Yeah. And cleaner, like housekeeper. Yeah. Made every once in a while. Yeah. But she's not very good at that. <laughs> That's right. So we've talked about the women robots. What did you think of the actual people in this film? that You got uh, Oscar Isaac as Nathan and then Caleb. Who is played, I'm not quite sure what his name was. Domhnall Gleeson? Oh, sure. Okay. So Dom he was in. Domhnall. How the heck do you say he that He was the star in About Time. And I also think he showed up in a couple Harry Potter movies. He is from Ireland. I think he was Ron's oldest brother. Yeah, Bill Will Weasley. Yes. Uh, and I thought he was fantastic. I loved Oz Oscar Isaac, who plays this sort of 
egotistical owner of the greatest search engine in the world, but is also just incredibly sadistic in a way. No, he's not sadistic. He is detached. He is very detached. That's a better way to put it. He is interested in the pursuit of knowledge and he understands the danger that like of what he's playing with. One of the most powerful parts of the movie for me was when Caleb gets his hand on some footage of the previous AIs and one of them wanted out of that room so bad that she destroyed her own appendages fighting for freedom. Yes, that was insane and that's what this film is you sit there and you're just jaw dropped oh my gosh this man has created life in your head creative light created life only to never let it free never let it see daylight it's terrifying that i mean that's what you would kind of have to do with the first ai's right like that aspect of that movie was very realistic. You would keep it under lock and key, you would have the most remote location in the world, and you would never let that robot go out of the house. Very impressive. Um, any uh, other further thoughts on this film? Just if you if you didn't see it, go see it because you're missing out. All right, and next week we're gonna watch another pilot. You, If you've been listening to Friends with Elephants for a while, you know we go from a film to a pilot, a film to a pilot. So, is it always a pilot? It's always a TV show. I guess it's always a pilot. Yeah, it's always a TV show. So we watch the first episode of a TV show, and next week is no different. We're gonna watch "You're the Worst." It's a show about uh, two friends or two complete strangers, really. Yeah, two humans who uh, meet up and start becoming friends with benefits, and. Uh, you know, they're trudging through the world, sexing Not each other up. Not to be confused with friends with elephants. Ba-doom. It's very true. Do not confuse friends with elephants. And again, we are not naked in this fort. <laughs> Stop laughing. I'm picturing that we're Stop naked. laughing. <laughs> Stop picturing me naked, please. You're objectifying me with your eyes. No, because I'm only looking at you on purpose from like mid chest up because I am picturing you naked right now. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to the next segment now. Advice with naked Jay and Ivana. Reddit advice corner. All right, so this week we are helping out Cheese Whistler. Love that name. What is going on with Cheese Whistler? Cheese Whistler says, my best friend asked me to perform his wedding ceremony but I hate his fiance. Wow, okay, that's, uh, tell us the story, that's pretty rough. All right, I'm, I'm gonna read it. My best friend of 20 years got engaged to a woman that I cannot stand. It's apparent that she is after his money, family business, and house. I've been very outspoken against the idea of them getting married since they got engaged. His fiance has wanted my blessing on their pending nuptials since the engagement, but I refuse to give it to them. Her roundabout way of doing this is by wanting me to perform the ceremony. He simply has not been himself since she moved in with him. Short of the long, to everyone on the outside, this relationship is plainly toxic and one-sided. He is a very generous guy and does not like to upset anyone. I feel that he has been roped into this. 
Two months ago, I gave him my final thoughts on the situation, and I said that I would no longer be outspoken about the marriage, but that my thoughts would not change. But as his closest and oldest friend, I would support him. That was the last I heard of the wedding until today. I invited him on the boat for a day of fishing tomorrow, which he agreed under the condition that I agreed to perform the ceremony. I do not want what I feel is destined to be a doomed marriage to a manipulative, controlling, obnoxious shrew to be on my conscience. At the same time, he's my oldest friend. Any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Don't do it, man. I mean, I know that's going to cause some strife, but... They can't make you perform this ceremony and you said you've supported them, but you just, uh, you don't want to perform this ceremony for reasons you've given in the past. You do support him moving forward, but you are uh, not in a position that you're going to be able to perform the wedding. I don't know that I've actually made up my mind on what you should do or not do, but I'm just going to play devil's advocate for a second. Sure. They're going to get married regardless whether you perform the ceremony or you don't. And you have done the right thing by being outspoken against this relationship to your oldest friend. I know that that is not an easy thing to do because it could end the friendship. If he was really upset, you know, he could say, I'm never talking to you again or whatever. Instead, you took the hard road. You made it known how you feel about her and I think that that is to be commended. At the same time, he knows how you feel and he doesn't care. He wants to marry her, he is in love with her. And he's asking you to do this knowing how you feel about the situation as a show of friendship and loyalty to him and his ability to make his own decisions. You're not condoning anything, you're just doing your buddy a favor. But then you have to know forever that you disagreed and put this ceremony on. I mean, it goes against what you think is right. I'm torn. I'm not sure which like side of this advice is the right advice. Like I also think after you've expressed your opinion, they shouldn't be asking you to do this. I, th I feel like they're in the wrong to ask again. I think you're right, Jay, in the sense that it doesn't really matter about them it matters about the fact that at the end of the day, you have to stay true to your own principles. Because he has to live with this. He has to, every time he sees them and thinks these thoughts, yeah. know that he was the one who did it. I'm sorry that you weren't asked to be a groomsman because that is a great way to support your friend without supporting this relationship. Yeah, it's on them to let this go. That's it. I agree. Good luck, uh, Cheese Whistler. That's, uh, that's a hard one to be in. Keep us posted. Let us know what you decide because we're curious and we'll definitely send a shout out update to the rest of our Ella friends. That's it for today. That's it this time around, folks. Thank you so much again for listening every single week to Friends with Elephants. Uh, let's tell you how you can reach out to us. Well, we have a website, friendselephants.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at Friends Elephants. Or email friendswithelephants at mail.com. Or you can always catch us on Twitter. I'm at Jester J. And I'm at It's Savannah. So please remember whether you're catching us on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you are, leave us a comment. Subscribe. Make sure you rate us. This is how we get bigger so that we can 
do this over and over and over and get better for you. All right, it's time to get out of this fort because it's really hot in this room. I told you it was hot in this room. I said we shouldn't be in here. You're like, let's go in the closet. I'm like, no, that would be even hotter. You're talking naked. I'm talking no. You know what? At least it's better than the frozen living room that you have. The frozen living room is fine. It's like an icicle. Well, let's get out of this fort then and go back to that icicle. <laughs> Freedom! Freedom!